0: Welcome to the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. My name is Jeanette Cochran. I'm a pastor, women's leadership coach, and self-proclaimed Jesus Feminist. I'm on a mission to inspire and equip women everywhere to own our voice, speak up, create and lead wherever God calls, because when women rise, everyone wins. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're having a great summer. It is mid-August as I am recording this and it's the last days of summer vacation here for us here in Maryland. Our kids go back to school in the local counties next week, most of them. And I hope that you're having a great summer. I'm not going to lie, my summer has been really hard. I've been silent for a while. My last episode aired mid June. And then shortly after that episode, my family found out that someone in our family that we love very much, her breast cancer had returned and we lost her this summer. It happened very quickly. So we have been reeling from that dealing with that grief, and my family has really needed me. And so I had to really prioritize my life. And one of the things that I set aside was this podcast, which I didn't want to do. But at the same time, I knew it was the right thing to do, right? We all have those things that we'd like to do. But we have to be realistic. And at times we have to prioritize and the people in our life are what matters most. So I don't regret not having released any episodes this summer, but I'm just kind of giving you the honest truth of why I have been MIA. In addition to just working through the grief, I personally have had a lot of feelings that have come up through this, that I've had to work through the uncertainty that I live with every day as a breast cancer survivor, which I just have to manage. And so I am learning, again, some new ways of trusting God and leaning in to his goodness. And that really is what has inspired what I want to talk about. And that is this concept of an abundant mindset. So that's what I want to get into here today. Because this mindset is something that I work to cultivate, and it has helped me in good times. And it's helped me in really difficult times. The abundance mindset is a concept often talked about around material wealth and money. And I want to just acknowledge that there are people that use this concept to endorse greed and manipulation around materialism. And that's not where I'm going with this today. In fact, I would say that although I do think we can we can consider abundance in terms of money so that we can worry less about having our needs met. But I don't think that abundance as it relates to money is motivating or even, it's not even interested, right? Jesus said that life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So when Jesus talked about abundance, He didn't use this concept as it related to material things. It was related to more spiritual aspects of life. Peter writes in the New Testament, he says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Jude says, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So there is an abundant life that Jesus says is available to us and that he wants to give to us. But abundance is a mindset. It's a spiritual reality that can affect the physical world that we create. But it's not about accumulating things and possessions in my way of understanding it. In fact, I would say that some of the most abundant minded people that I know live very minimally. They don't have a lot of money or material possessions, but they are generous and joyful and full of life. But scarcity is what our brain often defaults to. Scarcity is the opposite of abundance and scarcity is often what our brain gives us. Scarcity worries that there won't be enough, but abundance believes that there is more than enough for everyone. This shows up in our leadership. Abundant leaders share their knowledge, their contacts, and compassion with others. They empower others, whereas scarcity leaders hold back their knowledge. They keep their contacts and their compassion close. They hoard what they see as power for themselves instead of giving it to others, instead of empowering others. Abundant leaders default to trust, and they build rapport easily with others. Scarcity leaders default to suspicion. They require others to first prove that they're worthy of trusting, and they oftentimes f- find it difficult to build rapport with others. Abundant leaders ask, How can I give more than is expected? They are generous. Scarcity leaders tend to ask, How can I give just enough? Or how can I get ba- by with even less than is expected? Abundant leaders are optimistic about the future, believing that the best is yet to come regardless of what challenges they face because they believe that people can rise to the challenges. So they think big and they embrace risk. Scarcity leaders are pessimistic about the future, believing that hard times are ahead and so they tend to retreat, defend, think small and avoid risk. You see, scarcity which is what our brains often default to shows up in big ways. It can often show up in small ways too. Things like not being able to get rid of things, right? Holding things back because we're afraid that we might want it later. I had this experience recently. I decided it was time to clean out my closet because it was kind of overwrought with clothes. And I realized I have a lot of clothes in there that I don't wear, some that I had not worn for years. And I came across, though, some jeans and they were in great shape, and I really liked them. They were fashionable. But here's the thing. They were one size too small. And I thought, well, I'm, I want to lose a couple pounds. And if I lose weight, I will, I'll want these. Like, I could use these. And then I stopped to think, wait a minute, Jeanette. Like, how, how, how long is it going to be before you lose that weight? Let's be realistic. You could. And I maybe even I will. I'm, I'm going to work towards it. But do I want to hold on to these jeans waiting for that day? No, because if I lose the weight, when I lose the weight, I can get new jeans. I don't need to keep these things that don't fit that I'm not wearing. Instead, an abundance mindset says, I'm going to send these out into the world. I'm going to donate these wonderful, beautiful jeans to some other woman who can benefit from them, who can wear them right now, and love them and enjoy them. And I'm going to believe that if in fact, I need a smaller size pair of jeans, I have the capacity, God will provide a way that I will have them. I don't need to hoard jeans that don't fit me anymore. Scarcity sometimes shows up in our scheduling when our calendar is overwhelmed. Sometimes it's because we've had FOMO, like we've said yes to too many good things, because we're afraid that there might not be opportunities in our future. And so sometimes we take on too many projects, we say too many yeses to good things, and then we end up with an overwhelmed schedule. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? Does this really align with my purpose and calling? What are the best things that I can focus on now and say no to the rest without FOMO, without fear that we won't get more opportunities in the future? You see, scarcity sometimes is what's behind the overscheduling. Scarcity shows up when we say, I just don't have enough time to get it all done. Scarcity shows up when we say, I don't have enough staff or enough volunteers to expand my ministry. Scarcity shows up when we say, I've got to figure out what the right decision is. What if I make the wrong decision? Because that thought in itself assumes that there's only one right decision, right? What if there are multiple ways to approach a problem? I would suggest that there probably are. Scarcity is always a lack of faith. It's either a lack of faith in ourselves, we lack confidence that we have the abilities or the capacity to grow, to accomplish what we want to do, or to get the resources that we need, or it's a lack of faith in God. You see, when we come to the end of ourselves and there is a reality that we are finite beings and you will face a situation where you say, there's no more in me. And at that point, that's when we need to have faith in God. That's when the abundant faith thoughts in our abundant producing God come into play. So scarcity is always a lack of faith. It's either a lack of belief in ourselves or a lack of belief in God. And we serve an abundance-producing God. Did you know that abundance is baked into the universe? God has created an abundant universe. Think about this with me, friends. 390,000 different known plants in our universe. There's 390,000 different known plants. And I say known because scientists are discovering new species all the time, right? There are 11,188 different bird species in the world. 17,500 different kinds of butterflies around the world. To me, that is just mind-blowing. That God decided, hey, I'm not just going to make a butterfly. I'm not just going to make 10 butterflies. What if we make 17,500 different kinds of butterflies? Science has shown us that our universe is expanding all the time. You see, God in his very being is abundant. We live in abundance. Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ever ask or imagine. There's good reason to adopt an abundance mindset. Studies show that people who think abundantly are happier and more curious. They feel more empowered and confident. Abundant-minded leaders set larger goals and are more likely to take action to accomplish those goals. So let's adopt an abundant mindset. If we want to replace worry, stress, and negativity with joy, growth, and positivity, then we've got to train our brain to look for abundance. Because while some personalities do tend to be more optimistic than others, the reality is we all have to work at training our brain for abundance because every human brain tends to default to scarcity. Everyone has scarcity thoughts. It's just the chatter in our brains every day. Now, why is this? Well, scientists have theorized that this is because the human brain has evolved to scan for threats and plan for scarcity in order to ensure our survival as a species. So in other words, our brains got good at recognizing threats and negativity. And that's what helped us to survive. Think about it. Like our ancient ancestors, when they heard a rustling in the bushes, it might be a wild animal about to devour them. And so their human brain had to immediately prepare for danger, fight or flight. What's going on here? Drought and famine were common. And so human beings had to learn to look for the signs of drought and famine and to prepare for it so that we could survive. So this scarcity default served us in ancient history. But This default in our brain most of the time does not serve us today. It's actually a part of the wiring in our brain that oftentimes gets in the way. So we need to train our brain to look for abundance. The disciples struggled with scarcity thinking. One account that I find fascinating is in Mark chapter 8 verses 14 to 21. I'm going to read a short passage for you. Starting in verse 14, it says, The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it's because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. And he said to them, do you still not understand So here we have Jesus' followers, twice now, they've seen him take their little meager resources, their small portion of bread, and turn it into a hearty meal for thousands with basketfuls left over. And yet they're still worried about not having enough bread. Their mind is still saying, hey, the reason he's talking about yeast is because we forgot the bread. There's not going to be enough bread for for us. And what I find so interesting here is that I recognize that I can just be like the disciples sometimes. I do that sometimes too, right? Jesus is teaching them spiritual truth, and their brains are so distracted and worried by the fact that they think they may not have enough that they completely misunderstand. Jesus is teaching them about character and a spiritual truth, and they're worried that they won't have enough to eat. You know, sometimes I misunderstand and I lack faith in God because I'm stuck in seeing the scarcity around me and worrying that there won't be enough and worrying worrying that God won't come through and worrying that I won't be able to solve the challenge or whatever mountain is in front of me. And I completely miss the work that God is doing in the midst of that challenge. But I also love that Jesus knows their thoughts. He knows their worried, anxious thoughts. And Jesus doesn't simply remind them that their need was met. He points them to the leftovers. Hey, there was more than enough. Look at the abundance. You see, Jesus calls us to replace our anxious, small thinking with confidence and trust that there will always be more than enough to meet our every need. There will always be a path forward. There will always be more love and grace and hope available to us. There's plenty of time for you to do what really matters most. You are exactly where you are supposed to be at in your journey, in your unique journey. Nothing has gone wrong. You are exactly where you are supposed to be and God is there with you. Nothing in your life is beyond repair. There are multiple ways to approach any mountain, any challenge you face, and the abundant-producing God, His power is at work within you, and He is there for you. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus reveals a God who is generous and attentive to our needs. Abundance is always available, but too often... We live in overwhelm and anxiety because we're stuck in our scarcity mindset. So I want to give a few tips, a few thoughts about how to train our brain for abundance. These are three things that I do on a regular basis because I started uh, to recognize that these are areas where I can get tripped up. And my brain wants to give me scarcity thinking. And these thoughts help me to recognize and uproot those scarcity thoughts and replace them with abundance. So the first thing is celebrate the successes of others and use it as inspiration. Nothing stirs up scarcity quicker than looking around and comparing our results with someone else's. Often we're going along, we're just doing fine, and then we see what someone else has. We see maybe the size of their ministry or their growing impact in their business or their career. Or we see maybe they found their life partner and they're getting married. And that's something that we've had a desire for. Whatever it is, when we compare our results to someone else's, That's when oftentimes we feel that twinge of jealousy from someone else's success. And we can start to think, what's wrong with me? It'll never happen for me. We start to think they're ahead of me which translates, I must be behind, I'm not where I should be, it's never going to happen for me. And so what we've got to do when our brain gives us those thoughts, I want to encourage you, intercept those thoughts, recognize that they're rooted in scarcity, they're not truth, they're just thoughts. And we can choose to replace them with abundant thoughts. So instead of letting someone else's success limit you, use it as inspiration. A thought like, wow, Look what's possible. If they're doing it, that's proof that it is possible, and I can't wait to see what God has in store for me. Way to go for them. I know God also has good things for me. Abundant leaders celebrate the successes of others because they refuse to believe that success and new opportunities are finite. They know that there are more than enough opportunities to go around so that we can all make our unique contribution in the world. We can all experience the abundant life that God promises for us. And so our journey is going to look different than someone else's. When we start to compare ourselves to someone else's journey, that's where scarcity takes over. We need to remember that God has an abundant journey for us. Secondly, to train our brain for abundance, look to the future, not your past, to determine what is possible. Look to the future, not your past, to determine what is possible. Often, we remain stuck and discouraged because we let our past dictate our future. Here's what I mean. Like So, for example, a thought like, hey, last year at this event, I wasn't able to recruit enough volunteers so this year, I better just prepare for a slim staff, I'm just going to prepare for it to be smaller. Or maybe it's a thought like, I sent out 30 resumes, and I still haven't landed a job yet. How in the world do I keep believing that it's ever going to happen? Or maybe a thought like this, I want to eat healthy and exercise regularly, but I haven't been able to stick to a plan in the past. What makes me think I can do it? Now, I'm just I'm just not disciplined enough. I've never been disciplined enough. You see, when we have those kinds of thoughts, what our brain is doing is it's looking to the past and it's saying, "Hey, look what happened back here. It didn't work out. You better plan for scarcity. Don't expect abundance. Don't expect anything new." Your past self is not what creates your future results. That's great news. Your past self does not create your future. Actually, your current thoughts and your current actions today are what is going to produce your future results. What happened in the past is irrelevant other than, hey, what can I learn from it? Sometimes the past gives us information about what didn't work or what we should do differently or how we need to motivate ourselves in a different way. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul taught and put into practice in his life, right? Philippians 3.13, right? He tells us, he said, you know, one thing that I do, I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead, right? Paul could have looked back at the the horrible things that he did to Christians. He could have stayed focused on what a a louse of a person that I was. Instead, he said, no, that's my past. I'm going to learn from that. But I'm going to forget about that. And I'm going to look forward to my future because my future is filled with possibility. The past is over. When we look forward in faith, there are infinite possibilities tomorrow because God holds the future. The future is filled with possibility. Nothing is impossible with God. So we've got to stop looking to the past and instead look forward with faith in the unlimited possibilities of God. God has given you agency and he's equipped you with gifts and callings and purpose for your life. You have abundant potential because God put it in you. So an abundant mindset says the past is irrelevant. I'm capable of learning new things. I'm capable of becoming a leader who accomplishes my goals. I'm capable of developing healthy habits. I'm capable of developing the confidence necessary to step out and pursue the calling that God has on my life. The future, friends, is filled with possibility because God is in the future and he is the God of the impossible. Train your brain for abundance and look to the future, not the past. And then lastly, the third practice that has helped me immensely is just practicing gratitude every day. Now, we often talk about gratitude as a mindset, which it is, but gratitude is also a practice. Those who have a grateful mindset practice gratitude on a regular basis. They train their brain to practice gratitude. And gratitude helps to train our brain to notice what's good and right and working, right? Our brains are good at spotting the problems because that's what helped us to survive, so you won't have to expend much energy to spot the problems. But it does take work to notice what's working. It does take work to notice what's good. This is again what Paul says in Philippians 4.8. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right and pure and lovely and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things current neuroscience has confirmed that we can actually change the wiring of our brain by what we choose to think about. So when we begin to focus on the positive, it actually changes the neural pathways in our brains. And so the more we engage those neural pathways to notice and appreciate the positive aspects of our life, the more we practice the abundant mindset, we're going to start to train our brain to notice the scarcity thinking and to be able to replace it with abundant thoughts, because our brain is going to get good at looking for abundance. One of the ways that I practice gratitude is every morning, and I started this when I was going through chemotherapy, and it was a very hard season in my life, but it, um a season where God really just taught me so many things that I'm so grateful for. And one was this increased awareness of the preciousness of life, even the ordinary days, even the hard days are a gift. And so I started this practice when I was going through chemo and I've continued it. When I wake up in the morning, it's real quick, but when my eyes first open, I put my hand on my heart and I just say, God, thank you for another day. I'm still here. I'm alive. Thank you for waking me up. And then I get up and I go on with my day. It literally takes 10 seconds. But it starts my day, first of all, acknowledging the goodness of God. And to just realize whatever my day holds ahead, it helps me to remember this day here too is a gift. Training my brain for abundance has made my life so much more amazing. But don't misunderstand. By amazing, I don't mean pain-free or hardship-free. I mean more peace and hope and confidence, even in the trials. In January 2019, I began six months of chemotherapy treatment for breast cancer And as I was preparing for the treatment, knowing it would involve losing my hair and an upset stomach and fatigue, completely disrupting my daily life, I began thinking, what do I need to do to endure and survive this difficult season? And that was the question I was asking myself, how can I really just get through this? And and then I noticed, hmm, do I want to live the next six months of my life just surviving? Do I just want to make it? Do I just want to get through this? That sounds like scarcity thinking. And then I thought, I wonder what it would take to not just survive, but actually thrive during chemotherapy. And that became my mantra and my goal. I thought, I don't want to waste any day of the gift of life, even a day when I'm going through chemo. I want to thrive through this difficult season. I want to learn everything there is to learn. I want to experience the joy and the peace and the abundant life, even in this hard season. And it wasn't easy, but I did thrive. Because of that abundant mindset, I have more confidence, more joy and more fulfillment in my life than ever before. Because through that really difficult season, I leaned into the abundance of God, and I trained my brain to believe it and to look for it. And as a result, I experienced abundance, even in one of the most difficult seasons of my life. Friends, our God is an abundant God. We don't have to remain stuck in negative scarcity thinking. Where do you need to root up scarcity thinking in your life and replace it with an abundant mindset? If you want to live from a place of joy and peace and emotional health, if you want to be a leader who inspires hope and trust in the unlimited possibilities of God, that comes from an abundant mindset. Train your brain for abundance by celebrating the successes of others and use it as inspiration. Look to the future, not your past for what is possible. The past is irrelevant. It's gone. Learn from it and then believe in the future possibilities of God. And practice gratitude every day. By shifting our perspective from scarcity to abundance, we open up to a wealth of opportunities, positivity, and joy. So I'll leave you with this closing thought. Embrace abundance so that you can flourish and rise to your full potential. Because when women rise, everyone wins. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with other women in your network. For more information about me and the work that I do, check out JeanetteCochran.com. And I'd love to hear from you personally. Come join the conversation on social. You can find me on Facebook at Jay Cochran Coach or Instagram at Jeanette.cochran.